0: welcome to another episode of the Sports Unite podcast. This is the most wonderful time of the year. Not only is it becoming warm outside here in North America and typically the uh, northern hemisphere of the world, but that means it's playoff season. The NBA has already started uh, and hockey, which usually starts first, kept us waiting just ever so slightly And now it is finally here. We are recording this on day one of the playoffs because, um, well, that's just how the NHL scheduled it. And we got to roll with it. Uh, So we have a plethora of people joining us this week. And we are going to all have it broken down for you with our picks, our analysis, and who we think we will see battling it out for Lord Stanley's Silver Cup. We have Charles joining us back again. Thank you so much for joining.
1: As always, fun to be here. Pleasure and uh, playoff time, baby. Whoa, oh. yeah.
0: We have Kenzie up way up north with the playoff fever that's melting the ice.
2: Odd uh, oiler fans up here. Odd <laughs> uh, oiler fans
0: coming from the island better known as the rock we have sophie
3: hello um we have a lot of toronto fans over here (laughs) um mainly because the habs didn't make it um i've spent all day sending memes to my toronto friends that i hope they make it past the first rounds otherwise newfoundland will be in a riot.
0: And speaking, reporting from uh, close enough to the GTA where you don't feel so sick, uh, but close enough <laughs> that you uh, get weird looks if you don't wear a blue shirt, we have Cole. Thanks for having me. Uh, too many
4: Toronto fans to count with one Lonely Sense fan here, but uh love
0: making all the jokes because I can't win. Well, uh, you know, every year seems to be their year. Uh, and this year's no exception. Uh, we do have a message from our resident, uh, Maple Leaf fan, uh, Alvaro, who's still on parental leave. Uh, and, uh, he's just very nervous, but excited. And, uh, he can't wait to see, uh, them potentially break his heart once again. And, uh, The usual, but he will have a distraction. So, uh, we miss you Alvaro. Can't wait for you to come back on the podcast. Uh, that being said, the playoffs have officially started, uh, and just moments away. We have, uh, the first puck drop of, uh, Boston or Boston and Carolina have dropped the puck and, uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay will be off momentarily. And uh, then the games in the West will get started uh, slightly, a little bit later on the for the East Coast fans. Uh, but let me tell you, when you're in a city that has a playoff team, kind of feed off that energy uh, all morning, driving uh, here in Edmonton. Uh, you could tell every single radio station was a buzz. So it, uh, it felt good to feel that energy, even though I am not cheering uh, or really care what happens. It's just very excited to feel that energy. So we are going to start uh, by analyzing each series. Uh, we'll, all, um, we'll all take turns uh, kind of analyzing different series. We'll all give our picks on who we think is going to win, uh, and then if someone has a disagreeing opinion i'm sure we'll all give them weird remarks and call them cuckoo bananas and uh we are going to make uh, our pick who we think will represent the east and west uh come the middle of june uh when some hockey fans won't care anymore and others will be like oh finally i can start watching so uh shall we start on the east or west coasts
1: well, might as well start east. It's already got a puck drop.
0: We'll start on the east and we will start based on rankings. I'm not
3: sure
0: I understand. <laughs> Siri doesn't understand, but uh, that's okay. Uh, we're going to start with the one versus wild card two, or in this case, the eighth seed, if you will, for uh, those who know hockey. And I'm actually going to take the reins. Uh, we got a new. Actually, let's start this off. We have a new Stanley Cup playoffs logo. How do we feel about it?
1: Uh, it, yeah. uh just eh. Uh, I kinda missed the old one where you know you had, you had the red on one side for the one conference, the blue on the other side for the other conference. I thought that was pretty classic. Shouldn't have messed with that.
2: Yeah, same thing, just meh. I
3: don't like when people just keep changing things um sometimes it works for the better sometimes i feel like something like this um keeping it original or just keeping it tied to the past like with the history is kind of nice but i'd say it's just them keeping up with the times
4: yeah you gotta change it every now and then sometimes people don't like it sometimes you don't yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mostly you change yeah. things nowadays to get money, but uh, I don't see too many people buying Stanley Cup playoff logo merchandise, specifically without another team attached. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, the Butman for you.
1: Or as money. President Biden calls him, the Batman.
0: Oh, the, oh, no, no. I <laughs> don't know. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the US presidents have, have made some great uh, misspeaks over the years. Billy Clinton, Steve Yazirman. For all of us who are hockey fans, we know he's not Steve Yazirman. Uh, but I, I think calling him man that ranks up there as one of the greatest uh, you know, mispronouncations of the name of all time.
3: <laughs> he looks like the penguin, though. <laughs> he does. Like, if you look at, uh, let's say, like Danny DeVito's incarceration, um, oh, yeah. like certain ways,
1: Batman looks like him. I totally can see it.
3: I know.
0: You're not wrong. Well, let's start it off. Uh, I'll get us started. Uh, We have the President Trophy winners, the Florida Panthers. Uh, I don't know if any of us would have uh, guessed that they would have been the top of the league come the end of the season. Uh, Versus... The uh, former Stanley Cup champions just a few seasons ago, the Washington Capitals. Uh, and I don't know if this is the best opponent for Florida or, or it's going to get them jump-started. Uh, I think it's going to go either way. Uh, if you're into betting, of course, the Panthers have the odds. I mean, Kind of have to have the odds to be the first uh, season of uh, the first uh, first team. Uh, and it is a, about five games that they're predicting this series goes in the Panthers favor, whether you uh, believe that or not. Uh, Florida has a high powered offense. Uh, it's one of the ways that they got to the top. Uh, they're averaging 4.11 goals per game. Uh, which uh, put them first in the league. Capital's not too far behind them, 3.29 goals, uh, which was 10th, Uh, not too bad. However, uh, Florida's case, uh, as their uh, last game proved, they uh, might let in a few too many goals. Now, you could say the last game of the season, No one of importance was playing. Well, they didn't call up their eighth string goaltender. So a little bit of rough way to end the season. Uh, Washington uh, is always going to be a threat when you have the name Alexander Ovechkin attached, who tied the NHL record with his ninth 50 or more goal season. And uh, I I saw the other day uh, they worked it out. Uh, He can pass Wayne Gretzky's goal total if he stays another four seasons and scores, I believe, 29 or more goals. uh, Which is absolutely doable. Um, Or uh, I believe if he three seasons at 37... And I think two more seasons if he scores uh, 45-plus or 49-plus, something like that. I mean, which when you have nine seasons of 50-plus goals and he did it this season, it's not not out of the realm of the possibility as long as he stays relatively healthy, which he had a great year. Uh, So he's going to keep on chugging. Now, the main caveat for the Panthers is going to be their uh stoppage ability their defense and goaltending we've seen all season their high powered offense is rare to go first in putting up goals uh, but they weren't in the first or top three position for uh goals against and uh You know, they might have a top three lines uh, in the entire NHL, but, you know, any sport, the adage is, you know, defense wins championships. Uh, You know, the Capitals, they have a slightly better defensive scheme, if you will, and they have the experience. That is uh, the major factor that. The Panthers don't have is their playoff experience. Take that for what you will. Some series it's all about the experience, and that's why teams falter. And then in other cases, when that argument is brought up and doesn't seem to bother a team, it kind of quietly goes away and no one talks about it again. So there's no real science when it comes to playoff experience or no playoff experience. Uh, I think what it comes down to is if your team is gelling at the right time, uh, knows how to play with each other, uh, who cares about playoff experience. Yeah. It might help when you get into rounds three and four, the fatigue, the, you know, the, the travel, the attention you're getting, the probably expectation from your fans, Does it help that Florida plays down in Florida and they're not the favorite team of Florida? Maybe. Uh, Would you say Tampa Bay has slightly more pressure being the two-time Stanley Cup champion? Maybe. They don't show it. Uh, But being the president's trophy winners, you have that curse talk in the background, although I don't know if, Anyone in Florida knows that there's a President's Trophy curse. Um, You know, I think Florida is going to come out on top. I think the betters are right. They have veteran people. They have Jumbo Joe, who already has his playoff beard from 10 years ago, uh, from when the Sharks probably should have been in the finals a lot more just kind of kept it he's prepared uh they traded for Claude Giroux who looks like this is going to be his one stop in Florida and potentially will sign somewhere else next season but he adds that veteran uh presence uh on top of uh you have Jonathan Huberto you have uh Sam Reinhardt uh you know it's you have Barkov, of course, leading the charge. Uh, they're just very, very stacked. And while Ovechkin and uh, you have uh, Kuznetsov and uh, their physical play of uh, Tom, I'm a hurt you, Wilson, that might bruise up the Panthers and uh, that could cause an issue for them maybe in the next round, if they get a little bit too banged up, if they don't finish the capitals off quickly and don't have that little bit of time to rest, that could hinder them going forward because they don't have a Tom Wilson to quote unquote, protect the rough and tough of the playoffs, which the Panthers aren't used to. Um, Now, do they come up with a story uh, like in 96 with the rat uh, do they that seems to be when they shine when they have a something to put momentum behind and throw on the ice uh, which I don't think uh, we have enough of these days is little plastic objects to throw on the ice though the NHL doesn't really like that these days um, I think it's the Panthers series to lose. Uh, I think five games is a, a good. Uh, a good buffer. Uh, but what say you, fine folk of the panel?
1: Well, I personally wouldn't be surprised to actually see this game, the series end E5 or sooner. Washington has a lot of questions in net. They don't have a Braden Holtby or anyone in the net that's really taken hold and really given them solid goaltending all year long. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact that Columbus and the Islanders sucked so badly, they would have been in trouble to just make the playoffs, but they, you know, we, we knew weeks ago who was going to be there. But uh, I mean, Florida first team in 26 years, I think it is since 95-96, the Penguins to finish the year averaging four goals or more. Yes, regular season doesn't mean much, but that's this is a juggernaut offense that's going to come in there, and you're going to need a red hot goalie to slow them down. The, your point, Tom Wilson, yeah, he, he, he's going to make some Panthers think twice about going to the corner. Uh, don't forget, though, the Panthers also picked up Ben Sherratt, so he can throw some hits at Tom Wilson. Um, I actually don't think the Caps are going to win one game in this series. Oh, he's hurt. His shoulder is a little banged up. I don't know if he's going to be 100%. Uh, Jumbo Joe has got a lot of rest coming in the series. He's not, he's not nursing any uh, nagging injuries like he was against Montreal last year. Um uh, I I also think this will be a Panther sweep.
3: I don't think it's gonna be necessarily a sweep. Um, I think I called it in five games. Um, my question is whether or not no, I didn't look up the update on Ekblad if he was back in time for Florida. I don't know if that's gonna be really that much of a deal breaker, but Florida did rest basically everyone in their last game. That's why. I think they were playing Montreal if yeah. on their last game there um, because they didn't have Huberto, they didn't have Barkov, they didn't have anybody else. So I don't know if that theory of resting them is going to get them um, or have them more energized for the series. But like you said, Justin, it's honestly, it's Florida series to lose. Um, they are the President's Trophy winner, but I always like this lingering tidbit of like regular season success doesn't always guarantee similar postseason results. We've seen it time and time again and I don't know I'm hoping for Florida Florida is my pick for the West Oh sorry East I'm getting excited sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well let me tell you yeah. so the if uh, now this isn't picking who wins but if the series ends in four you got a plus 390. Series and in five you got plus 200 uh, they're all pluses still <laughs> which is uh, surprising actually all the series are in the pluses um, some looking more favorable but either way if you, you make a bet you you win some money if you pick the right uh, team uh, for uh, winning a series uh, but yeah, uh, five games.
3: Yeah, can I ask if anyone bet?
1: No, I didn't.
3: <laughs> I did a twenty dollars hockey pool. That's it.
2: I had a bracket at work. Twenty bucks.
3: Yeah, yeah, same. It was. Um, I guess you have to go into the hockey pool a bit different. It's a keeper one, so I went. I went Florida strong. I'm backing Bobrovsky.
1: Officer, one second here, guys. Just one second. Uh, we're about to have pub drop of Tampa-Toronto Game One, and yes, I know it's in Toronto, but there is nothing—and I mean nothing—in this world that sounds better than twenty thousand Canadians belting out our national anthem. We I do know it better than anybody. We do it better than anybody else in the world, and I have got goosebumps on my arms as, as I can. I have the TV on just faintly so I can hear it, but oh, goosebumps, baby. Woo!
3: I think it doesn't matter um, whatever Canadian team it is. I think everyone is going to back that.
1: Oof. I cannot wait to hear Edmonton later. Uh, is it Edmonton tonight <laughs> or is it Calgary tonight? Edmonton, Edmonton. tonight. It's
3: Edmonton tonight.
1: Edmonton. Okay, yeah. Can't wait to hear them at 10 o'clock.
0: Let me tell you, uh, minus what's going on with you know protests and all that, uh, I think car flags are making a comeback because uh, they were big at the <laughs> oh, you know, late 90s, 2000s and they've been kind of, you know, teetering like you get like Canadian flag car flags and uh, Do you, you guys know, have weird... house flags?
3: Like a lot of people are putting out like flags for well, people pull them out for their teams they did it during COVID I find like just um, like banners to talk to people like to show your support for whatever um, so there's quite a few um, like houses always decorated with Canadian flags now and mm. um, teams and whatnot.
2: There's there's a guy there's in one house. He lives right behind me. This guy and he just put out his gigantic flames flag on the deck. <laughs>
1: War has been declared.
2: Wow, well, that's that's <laughs> the good thing he's about the, he's the I've ever met. So
0: that's the good thing about playoffs. Is it's spring, right? So you start to put out stuff outside, and I think that's why it we notice it because it's well of course your team has to be in it if you want to show pride um but i say car flags are back because costco began carrying oilers car flags and someone called in the radio saying that hey uh, costco on the west end has them and then an hour later someone called and said yeah they, they don't have too many left and for costco not to have too many left
2: that's a big deal
0: that's a big deal uh
4: that takes a lot of purchases right there
0: takes a lot of i don't know what they were charging them for um probably a lot more than they should be unless you get like you get 20 in a pack i don't know but
3: uh <laughs> start giving them out as party favors
4: yeah
0: party fi- come to my playoff party get a curve leg <laughs> Bring it um, back in style back in style Well, except no one's really driving anywhere because gas is too expensive, but way too expensive.
1: Any other uh, closing thoughts there on Florida, Washington?
4: Go Panthers.
0: Go Panthers. I have a smart down.
4: Maybe six at most.
0: Pretty consensus pick.
3: Go, go, go.
0: All right, we're going to hop on over to the West and we're going to preview the uh, number one seed versus the uh, wildcard two slash eight seed, if you will, um, versus Nashville Predators.
3: That's fine.
2: (laughs) <laughs> We're sorry. all just
3: like, who has that one? <laughs>
2: yeah, is that mine? That's mine. Um, all right. Um, UC Saros is hurt. He's mm-hmm. out at least for game one and game two. I don't like Nashville's chances to begin with and having their starting goalie injured, I really don't like their chances. Um, Colorado has come into the season and done what they've done in the past Couple of years, um, they come out, they win, they score. Their defense is solid. Their goaltending is not too bad. Similar to last year, um, they've added some other pieces. They've got some young guys on the team that are just making their making their mark in the NHL. Nashville kind of looks like they were retooling last year in the offseason, dropping some guys, picking up some guys. Renee retiring, um, Ryan Ellis being traded it looked like they were in a retool and I really honestly didn't expect them to even be here in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I really, really don't like their chances, Colorado and four.
1: Yeah. I've got a hard time arguing with you. I know Matthew Shane had a bit of a Renaissance here, uh, kind of looking a little bit like his old self when he was in Colorado, but no sorrows. Um, I don't know how far you Romano's can take them. a, Ninety points in all, but only so much the back end can do, plus the Avalanche have their own game breaker and Kale McCarr.
4: Oh yeah. That's no question about it. Especially when
3: you don't have your starting goaltender. It's mm. and Saros has been really play. good and a pivotal piece for Nashville getting this far. Yeah. I think and he's at at least
2: the first
1: two for now, so
3: not looking too good. I'm gonna
1: say Colorado in four. Yeah. So we're all, but we're all gonna believe uh, to take a page out of Brent Sunder's book. Waste of eight days.
3: <laughs> I love him. Like I love his quotes.
2: So yeah, I feel like uh, yeah, that's that's pretty easy.
0: <laughs> uh, do we think this is Nashville's? And you were saying you were picking this up that you know they were kind of in a retool and you know very surprised to be here, but is this the last time we'll see them for a few years? You know, we don't even know if Forrestburg going to be there next year and they got a lot, uh, you know, give or take, or, you know, they got to figure some stuff out along with another team uh in the West. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: I, I think it's the year that they're going to look at themselves and say, we need to do something, mm-hmm. whether that's moving somebody to get younger, whether that's, actually starting to tank in the standings. Um, I don't see Nashville kind of hanging around too too much longer, especially with Forsberg maybe leaving.
3: I'd say if Forsberg doesn't, like if his offer is less than Yossi's, like he's not going to stay, I don't think. Um, That's fair. Yeah, it'll be interesting.
1: I don't I don't know if Colorado will outright sweep Nashville. I I feel as if Darcy Kemper he's one bad goal away from having a bit of a confidence issue. So maybe Nashville gets a game. One like one of the game three, game four at home. But that will be at best five games, I think. With with Soros in, I would have been I would have been prepared to say, hey, Nashville could stick by them. Cause Colorado has a lot of pressure on it to finally get past round two this Thank year.
3: You. I think yeah, Colorado so. almost has like a chip on their shoulder. Like McKinnon. Oh yeah.
1: All year long.
3: Yeah. Um, they have performed strongly all season. So we'll see how far that takes them. Everyone is healthy, I believe right now. So we'll see how everything goes. And it's kind of interesting because lately with all the awards kind of Getting doled out slowly, the regular season awards. Um, all I see is Makar versus Yossi, right? They both had extremely, extremely good seasons for defensemen. So really excited to actually watch that series.
0: So while some series are have started and you can no longer uh bet, I could look up what the odds were. um, So uh, obviously the Toronto game is started in Boston, so they're off the table for uh, for betting for futures for correct series score. So I I was able to find that. But for this series, um, if you were to bet, where is it? So uh, for the Avalanche to win uh, in a sweep, it's plus three sixty five. For them to win four to one, it's plus two twenty. So it looks like the favorite is to win in five, uh, benning wise. Um, and for the uh, Florida, same thing the best odds 250 for four uh, for game five. Uh, for the sweep, it's plus 425. Um, so it looks yeah, four to five for Florida there. And they're really, yeah, hammering for game five for Colorado. Sweep and game six are. Pretty much even uh, after that. If you think Nashville is going to win in a sweep, it's plus 2000 Ooh. So uh if you're uh yeah, for that one, you only if, you're wanna, if you want to bet $5, you'd win $105. If you want to throw away $5, then.
1: I got one question for everybody here. We know that Nazim Kadri has a checkered. Playoff pass when it comes to suspensions. And I know he'll probably have to live with that for a lot of the rest of his life. <laughs> but he's, he's working hard this year to try and stay out of trouble. Do you think he stays out of trouble this series? Doesn't cost the Avalanche? Or does he make some bonehead dumb mistake like he did twice in Toronto and last year? Even though last year's was not really a dirty head, to still wind up costing him eight games.
3: No, he was and still out like- quite a bit though. And that was really quite significant to have him out. And I, th- yep. I want to th- say he's learned from that and I feel like the pressure is on. So I hope he kind of, you know, stops just making silly mistakes. It's really just silly. Like it's, he realizes right after he does it, like it's, he shouldn't have done it. Um, so hopefully he tames himself. I like to believe it. Him, is so
1: but... It is a contract year for him.
3: Yeah. 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 So that could be a factor too, right? He could be thinking about that.
4: And since he's showed up in Colorado, he's been an absolute weapon for them. Like he's really complete 180 since he was in Toronto. And obviously that has a lot to do with the media itself on him. Um, that last year, for me, I'd say that call was very questionable on giving him eight games, but hopefully he doesn't do anything for... Uh, The series at least.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you guys. Hopefully not, but if there's any indication.
0: (laughs) I think if anything happens, it's going to be like he's not going out to do it. It might be like, you know, someone's reaching for the puck and he's already committed to a hit and the person's like, you know, not standing up. They're like, you know, down to the where their hip would be and he might like hits their head in a check because the dude's folded in half trying to reach for the puck to poke it out or something and yeah. then you're going to get the discussion y- you know it, it looks like an accident he was already committed to a hit and it should be the player actively going for the puck's fault but then you always bring in a player's past and blah 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 which it shouldn't be it should it's be on a case by case base it's very I think it's moving to be a case-by-case basis but when you got repeat offenders that always comes into question and people don't look at the play itself they tend to just be like oh did it again which shouldn't be the case Mm -hmm. um so if something like that is going to happen i think it's going to be purely accidental and uh, a freak circumstantial play and uh, we'll have to see from there but uh, i think he's learned and you know sometimes that happens when you play on the edge or play really really hard and sometimes it's hard to stay on that line especially when everything is looked under a microscope in the playoffs So we have a consistent, consistent Colorado pick. And uh, if you're uh, looking to, to bet, go right ahead. And if you win big, uh, don't forget who uh, sent you there.
4: <laughs> uh, we do not have a
0: Patreon or uh, any sponsors, but uh, always looking. If you're uh, very interested, uh, <laughs> uh, we are uh, always open to uh, to sponsors and everything uh we're
4: gonna
0: thank you and a shout out thank you and a shout out uh you know if we get big enough a patreon could uh who knows might take us five ten years to get there but we'll get there so the next series we're gonna jump back over to the east uh and we're going to uh go to the game that has just started uh, the first game to uh, begin in Canada in the playoffs, it is Toronto versus Tampa Bay, the defending two-time Stanley Cup champions uh, versus uh, the, you know, Yankees equivalent of hockey. This is our year, and then fifty some years later, it's our year again.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is the spiciest series or what could be the very spiciest series of the playoffs given you know Toronto's got a lot of playoff history that's negative on it they haven't won a series in 18 years uh, 4 versus Ottawa being the last time Tampa being the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions beating out uh, Montreal Canadiens last year in five games for their title breaking news Kyle Clifford just got ejected for a hit from behind in the first period um, it is well, there you go.
0: Gone. <laughs> Series decided. That's it. Uh, that was
1: a it, was a quick, it was a clear cheap shot from behind. No question about it. Well, Great on, one. Um, and I'm going to get right into it being how Sheldon Keefe said early on in his media availability on the weekend, you know, he was looking at dressing a heavier lineup, a, a, you know, a more physical lineup in anticipation of the, and I quote, violent potential of this series, and that Kyle Clifford had just lived up to what Chilton Keith said. So, uh, right off the bat, we got Spice in this series. Uh, You got 20,000 people chanting Refuse Suck, despite the fact that the refs made the right call here. Uh, Toronto's coming off its best season in team history. Over 100 points. Uh, Austin Matthews setting a franchise record with 60 goals. First guy in 10 years to do it since... You know, his opposite counterpart, Steven Stamkos, here tonight. Uh, he's joined in by Marner, Tavares, Nylander. Uh, Alex Kerfoot is also being elevated up into the top couple of lines uh, to try and give them a little more sandpaper. They're going, as you know, we've said it a few times now, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions who are back in the picture despite losing their entire third line, which made a huge difference for them last year. Uh, they brought in... Uh, Hagel from Chicago, Nick Paul from Ottawa. They've still got Alex Korn, Andre Palat, Braden Point, who can shift up and down the lineup. Uh, so they're, they're good there. Their defense has been actually far more solid than people give them credit for. They went through a bit of a swoon late in the season, but they had got everything locked up and had nothing really to play for for a while. So, But they turned it up when they faced off against Carolina, uh, Florida, and Toronto in a three-game stretch here, scoring 22 goals late in the season, including that 8 one pounding of the Leafs. Uh, the biggest X factor coming into this one, and uh, it's not actually a player. It's both teams coaches last year and the year before in mean, the uh, 2020 in the playoff, and then the play in bubble for Toronto versus Columbus and last year against Montreal, Sheldon Keith did not adjust fast enough. He didn't adjust his lineup and his lines and his tactics to counter what the opposition was doing fast enough. And by the time he did, it didn't make a difference. And he is going against the master of tactics and the master of strategy in John Cooper. He is widely regarded as the best in the, in, in the industry today at adjusting tactics on the fly. Uh, now, but the reason why was, when you ask me why is John Cooper an X factor, Tampa's never seen Toronto in the playoffs. They barely play them in the regular season three or four times a year, so they don't really know each other. They, they knew the Islanders last year. They played them two years in a row in the playoffs. They know a bunch of the other teams that they see regularly. So he's got to get used to how Toronto does things and adjust on his fly. And can obviously Sheldon Keith do move, counter move in a chess match with him? Uh, I think whoever, whichever coach can really adjust on the fly fastest will actually lead their team to victory. The Leafs, God, question marks abound throughout them. Can this team finally shake the playoff curse? Can they get out of the first round for the first time since 04? Is Jack Campbell going to give them the goaltending that they need to get past a, a juggernaut like the, the lightning? Um, I mean, you know what you're going to get from Andre Vasilevsky in Tampa's net. You know, Victor Hedman, you know, Zach Bogosian, Ryan McDonough, Cal Foote, the whole defensive core is solid one through six. Well, Toronto has got some question marks outside of Morgan Riley. Jake Muzzin, if he plays, is not going to be a hundred percent. Nothing close. Um, uh, Yes, getting Mark Giordano has helped solidify when you play, when, when you get him playing with T.J. Brody, but beyond that, there there is some weakness to the Leafs' defense. So you got to look at it here as to how the Leafs can hold off Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, Palat, go on and on and on. Uh, I've got. Can, I, can I give
0: a can I give a spoiler to that? They can't. Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Well, as it stands right now, though, that five-minute penalty still has a minute and a half left, and Toronto's had the two best chances on it, including hitting the post. Uh, So right now, the Leafs are being buoyed by 20,000 people, and they're feeding off that adrenaline. So good on Toronto for their start. They're halfway through the first, it's still Uh, 0-0. Maybe I should get a job doing sports now. Who knows? Um, So as far as taking down who's going to win this series – it's been pretty clear. We've all talked about it in the previous podcast episodes. We don't have much of a love for the Leafs. Do the Leafs have what it takes to upset Toronto? Sorry, <laughs> Wow. do the Leafs have what it takes to take Tampa? Yeah, they could, but it's a long shot. I've got Tampa taking us in six games, guys.
3: I have Tampa in seven. I think that, honestly, if Toronto somehow just beats Tampa and they go on, and they meet whoever after, and they end up losing, they just get past the first round, it'll feel like they won the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll just feel good enough for them, and that will almost take, like, a little bit of heat off of them, just, like, a little bit. But I think Tampa, in the... Uh, What?
0: If we were betting the (laughs) Leafs are favored, (laughs) I don't know if that's just because... Uh, because they were ranked higher, but uh, the Lightning are plus a hundred uh, to win the series. So if you bet five dollars, you'd win ten. Ah, oh, man! I can't
3: bet on the Leafs though. I didn't even pick Matthews today. No, like, but
0: it is. It does look like it's favored. The odds are the same to, for six or seven games. For uh, six or seven. Six or seven. That's the if you bet on the the length of the series.
3: Okay, yeah. I just think like, um, I think Tampa becomes a different type of team once playoffs start. I think all of them just turn, they dial it in. Um, You have playoff Kutra coming. Um, You have all the other players. It's, they're almost running the high of back to back and like, can they do a three-peat? Can they? Um, And I think the energy is going to bring that there. And I think it's not going to be easy for Tampa. Like, I do think Toronto is going to put up a good fight. They're not going to make it easy. Um, but I say Tampa in seven.
1: Well, Tampa, Tampa did seven. unfortunately fail to capitalize on a five-minute power play, and Kutrov just took a very bad frustration penalty. So uh, when, when the game returns, Toronto will head to the power play for the first time. Although if I'm the Leafs, I do not want to mess with Tampa's power play too often. Yeah, they managed to kill off seven minutes of power play time so far. Tampa coming to this game tonight was riding nearly 50% success their last eight games of the regular season.
3: And like you said, I think the last time that, well, like it's going to be violent. Um, it's going to be gritty. Um, I think the last time they met, there was all like close to 200 penalty minutes for the two teams. So that's how much it's going to be coming out. And it's going to be a good series, like regardless.
4: Absolutely. The question will always be, though, can Jack Campbell sustain it? Because what happens, like, during the regular season, he's been injured for quite a bit. What happens then? Toronto's backups have been very lackluster all season.
1: So and Morazic, I, I don't think Morazic is even seven. going to be able to play much. It's going to be the third stringer who's the to back him up right now. Yeah.
4: Definitely Tampa and seven.
1: The, the longer it goes before, like, the longer it takes Toronto to score a goal, the longer it takes them to win a game in the series, the more the questions and the pressure will mount on the Leafs. And then you're going to see if they crack. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk. Uh, I, I work with a lot of Leaf fans, unfortunately, for me. Um, so I was talking with them actually over the weekend uh, during at the store. And it really comes down to. This is the last kick for this court. They can't get past the first round. Uh, One of Marner, Nylander, Tavares is going to be shipped out. And a lot of people have been saying Marner just because, you know, how much cap room he takes up for how little he's produced in the postseason.
4: I'd say the same about Tavares, but he's captain, and I don't see them shipping out the captain.
0: No, Tavares isn't leaving. And for a while, it was Nylander. And then for some reason, something switched. I don't... I would keep Marner over Nylander. I, I don't... I've never been... I don't know. I don't see the the big hype on Nylander compared to Marner. But
1: uh, Nylander I think has a better shot. Marner's faster, but look at Marner last year in the playoffs. Carey Price was in his head. He passed up so many chances to shoot.
0: Well, that's true, but Marner kind of rebounded this, this season. Uh I don't know. Does he rebounded
1: uh, the regular season, though, because he down in the playoffs.
0: Well, true, but That's what has because- Nylander done in the playoffs?
1: Well, Nylander actually last year against Montreal was one of the bigger threats, actually. It was, it was him, P- him, Peter Engel and Jason Spetz, I think, were the three leading league scorers against the Habs. Nylander was scoring every night.
3: And Bunting is That's hurt right now, too. Right.
1: Yes, he is. Yes, he is, Sophie.
3: So I think that, like, Bunting had a really good season. Um and I think that and reading that he was injured, that I, that's gonna factor in too. But I honestly, I also think that it might be a coaching change or Kyle Dubas too out if yeah. mm-hmm. they don't have any success. Because there's now, already there's already been talks.
0: There have been talk to- there have been talks. Um now I know when DJ Smith signed with Ottawa, he was kind of like their next heir in coaching and a lot of fans were upset that he left especially to a rival and they didn't keep him in the system because many people thought he was you know next in line the, the heir to the throne if you will <laughs> do you do you think that could come back to bite them or Absolutely. you know there's you know there's so many coaches out there or is it special to kind of develop a coach in your system that knows the players, especially when they coach, uh, you know, down in the farm system first. And, uh, you know, Ottawa was the same way I wanted Luke Richardson to be our coach so bad as an old player, the ties to the city, uh, what he, you know, what the city means to him, uh, with everything that's gone on with his family. Uh, and it just, it never came to be. And that was one of the same kind of situation. I was like, Oh man, like, He's going to be a great head coach one day. Um, but Toronto seems to always be, seems to be a, a problem with them as coaches. Uh, you know, all the, they bring in the, the, the big guns in uh, Wilson and that didn't pan out. Uh, you know, the, the big fish, if you will, that they're still paying who's uh, <laughs> coaching university hockey in Canada for free, but, uh, Which is funny because a lot of people say Babcock is like kind of toxic and all that. Why would you want him to coach university hockey if he's toxic? So I don't know. (laughs) But uh, well,
1: people have some issue with Babcock, and I—I'll be honest, I took—I took a little issue to him as well. I mean, um, the year that Mike Badano went to Detroit and he Babcock scratched him like opening night or home opener, and then he scratched Spetsa. Uh, some very questionable decisions that Babcock had early on in his tenure that really didn't have a defense in my mind. Like, he scratched Medano not long before like, a big milestone game for him. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, Jury Babcock, you know, he he gets a lot of free passes because of a couple of gold medal wins coaching Team Canada at the Olympics. Uh, Stanley Cup winner. But his time in Toronto, nothing seemed to sit right there.
0: No, And there could have been behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about that are only privy to behind closed doors. But enough time has passed now for those situations that something would have, I say something should have come out, would have come out with the way the world works these days. Um, But yeah, who, who really knows? (laughs) Um, Alas, that's, uh, you know, that's true. I, I think. Yeah, Toronto's a pressure cooker uh, of everything.
1: Now, I know we've been talking about the goaltending for the Leafs, and this will be one of the last things I say on it. Uh, yes, the Leafs will only go as far as Jack Campbell can take them, but you could also say the Leafs will only go so far as Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin are creating offense in the playoffs because they did not do a good job of that last year versus Montreal. So when it comes to putting the puck in the net and actually winning games because, you know, the Leafs, the Leafs and Lightning were really good at winning 5-1, 6-2, 4 in the regular season. They were lighting it up offensively consistently. Uh, very different when you're only going to win 2-1 or 3-2 a lot of nights. You're not going to win blowout games too often in the playoffs. Uh, so the Leafs will only go so far as offensively speaking as what Matthews and Marner can really do for them.
0: That's true, and uh, only time will tell if uh, uh, Pat Maroon can go for four in a row. Which uh, I don't know. Does that make him a Hall of Famer? Does three in a row make him a Hall of Famer?
1: No. No. <laughs> I, I think four. I think four in a row, he'll eventually get in, but it won't. He won't be in the first or second ballot Hall of Famer. It'll take him quite a few years. But I think when time goes by, you know, maybe 15, 20 years after he retires, he get in simply because people will remember, you know, this guy was part of four Stanley Cup winning teams in a row. Should Tampa win this year? If it was only three, I don't don't think he ever gets in.
2: If he had better numbers for me, then yes. But he doesn't have the numbers. He's not known for that other than the penalty. (laughs) I just I don't you, you look at some of the guys that have zero cups that are in the Hall of Fame. They've got the numbers. So you got to have the numbers in my opinion.
0: That's true. The numbers uh, numbers don't lie and they uh, also mean a lot. So are we all in consensus that Tampa takes this? Or is there anyone taking Toronto?
1: No, I I say Tampa takes it, but I think this is the only one of only two series where the non, even though the Leafs are the higher seed, I, I I'm going to call them the underdog, and I think this is the one, one, one of the only two times where we'll see an upset as possible.
0: Hmm. Well, nothing, uh, nothing is more enjoyable? Question mark. <laughs> or a sure thing than having Toronto fans sweat in a game seven situation. <laughs> yeah, it seems every playoff uh, series, you know, that's a that's a sure thing to to they worry about. Game 7 all, like, it's not even a series; it's
3: just
0: them in game sevens. Like yeah, them in game sevens. Uh, we head back over to the West for the, I think, the most toss-up playoff round in minnesota versus st louis
1: what are you tired of hearing my voice already you want to hear it again justin uh i I just want you to talk
0: as much as possible charles
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love you too buddy all right so i we just came off talking about probably the spiciest and most anticipated first round series in Toronto-Tampa, and this is definitely going to be the one that I can say um, this is a pick'em series when it comes to St. Louis, Minnesota. Home ice, this was the first playoff series that was locked in when we knew that this was going to happen, and it took until the final day of the season really to determine who had home ice for this series. Uh, Minnesota has been, for many, many years from their existence, uh, highlighted by the Jacques Lemaire era. Low offensive chances, very boring hockey. You know, Lomare did that in Jersey, and then he took that to Minnesota, and he, he built a culture on defense there. Not this year. Uh, Minnesota was led by the, well, now sophomore sensation, Kirill Kapazov, with 47 goals and 108 points. First time in their franchise history they had someone to hit those numbers. But he wasn't alone as Ryan Hartman and Kevin Fial were also 30 plus goal scorers. as part of the offensive renaissance we saw in the NHL this year with high, high levels of 40 goal scorers, 30 goal scorers. I think there was like 140 guys who had 20 plus. And the leagues just got a power play goal to win back that series. And they leave one nothing late in the first. Uh, so anyone listening to the podcast is getting a, a real time update on that one. Uh, Single was though, no slouch in their own right. Yes, they didn't have a 40-goal scorer, and their leading scorer, Vladimir Tarasenko, is a step slower than what he used to be, not quite the dangerous uh, playmaker that he was, but they also have Pavel Buknevich, who they got from the Rangers a couple years back. He picked up 30 goals, seven other guys on their team with 20, so offensively, this is going to be a heavyweight counter, a heavyweight fight. Two good offenses going head-to-head. Uh, one thing to look for in their first game—it's going to be Billy Huso versus Mark Andre Fleury in net. So skipping over Stanley Cup-winning goaltender Jordan Bennington and Minnesota's season-long starter Cam Talbot. Uh, you know, yes, Mark Andre Fleury has the, the playoff pedigree with several, with three Stanley Cups and a, two other Stanley Cup final appearances. Uh, but it's just you know I find it really interesting that you know your your rent your rental pickup and a rookie goaltender are supplanting uh, you know, your normal starter and a Stanley Cup-winning goaltender to the kickoff game in one of that series. But that being said, both teams do have very capable backup goalies now, Bennington, Talbot backing up Flurry and Husso, respectively. Uh, this one here, this is going to be a physical series, but not, not a bloodbath. I don't, I don't see bloodbath written on this one. This is just going to be everyone finishing their checks, uh, work will be very important here. Uh, it's really... I think it's just going to come down to who makes the last mistake. Not who, makes the, not who makes the first mistake, but who makes the last mistake is going to wind up losing the games and the series. Um, these two teams are so evenly matched throughout this, the regular season. Uh, if I remember correctly, they, they each scored a very similar amount of goals in, the, in their season series. It wasn't really one team who dominated the other. So... Yeah, I want to say Minnesota in seven, but you could just flip a coin and make that your pick, and you couldn't, and it'd be hard to say you're wrong. But I'm taking Minnesota in seven.
4: I feel like with that series, like it's such a toss up, like you said, Charles. Like it really could go either way. I'm definitely going Minnesota in seven. But I feel like it, like that series definitely could go seven, which is just kind of so surprising because they're just so evenly matched.
3: That one's I mean, definitely going to go either way. In the playoffs, but... I think Minnesota in seven is a good um, is a good prediction.
2: I uh, will go against the group here. I've got St. Louis in seven, just because it was a toss up. I basically flipped a coin.
1: And <laughs> That's how to think. Think. cool. Well, you know what? It's like I said, though, you, you can't argue saying, what do you think in St. Louis? It could just as very well easily be St. Louis in seven. Um, yeah. they, still, they still have quite a few guys on a team who won the Stanley Cup with them in 2019. So they've got the experience there. They've, they've got a few guys with the experience for, you no know, Minnesota. Yeah, they've got Mark so, you thurry know, but they don't have much else in terms of playoff pedigree there. So does no. that playoff pedigree, which we talked about it earlier, does the playoff pedigree wind up? being a difference maker if the series gets later and later
3: i think it just depends of minnesota's um key players like Prezov and hartman and fiala if they show up playing how they did the regular season which is pretty consistent then it's evenly matched i think to st louis because you got Peron, you have barbachev bushnevich um Mm -hmm. even ryan o'reilly still kicking there like you still got fair base there so honestly it's going to be a good even series like it's not going to be lopsided i don't think
1: i do agree that it's going seven (laughs) that i do agree with yeah (laughs) i'll be shocked if it like even if it goes six or seven that won't surprise me if it goes only four or five that will actually be a shocker to me big time
3: that'll bust my bracket
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think uh
4: you're not alone on that one sophie so it's okay (laughs)
0: I think every single person doing a playoff pool literally flipped a coin, whether they flipped it seven times or one time to to pick. I asked the dog. You asked the ask the dog. <laughs> uh, Sophie shared the the popular is it a corgi? I think that shoots a corgi, the ball yeah. uh, into uh, a basket to pick. I mean that's probably uh, that the could, best comment uh, on
3: that one was when the bas- like when they did the Tampa. Toronto series and it like almost went into Toronto and then it went into Tampa. And there's like, that's how Leaf fans are going to feel. And I'm like, it's so close.
0: <laughs> so a uh, betting wise, uh, Minnesota in seven is the, the low, I guess the, the lowest odds, if you will, or best odds to win. Then Minnesota in five, Minnesota in six and then St. Louis in six is, uh, are the odds. And then they go up from there all the way to 1450 if St. Louis sweeps. So it's a, it's a lot of bunch numbers kind of all close together because it is such a toss up. Uh, I'm going to have to agree the, the acquisition of Marc Andre Fleury and how Talbot has been playing. Um, you know, Minnesota too is an unsure after this season, Uh, did they go too heavy this year Uh, and is it going to cost them in the future uh, if they're not successful Uh, can they lure people to come in the future that's going to be their question mark um yeah st louis kind of sailed all year now looking i will say uh they're showing the crowd in outside toronto uh, not as many fans as there are for Jurassic Park when the Raptors play. I don't know. Just putting that out there. I don't know if that's superstition, if that's worrisome. But there were a heck of a lot more fans for Jurassic Park. Uh, maybe they just need a cool name. I don't know what you call the outdoor viewing party for Toronto for the Maple Leafs. The
3: Disappointment?
0: 100 Acre Wood. So <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we Softly go. with the savagery tonight, boys and girls. Welcome to the disappointment.
3: <laughs> What's funny because so, all the Leafs fans that I know in my life, they're all realistic. Like my friend who's really into sports, he, he like he knows that it's just gonna be like, like he doesn't put any faith in it. Same with my n- other friend. And my third one lives in a delusional world and I just like to razz him for it, but you almost secretly want them to win something. See,
4: one coming from someone who lives in Leaf Nation, uh, you don't. You hear them nonstop that they believe every year is their year. And that this team is so much better than last year and it'll be different. And Do they say that every year? Yeah. It's so much fun to razz them up every year, as a Sens fan. It's just, it's just great. But yeah, they, they here they do not give in whatsoever.
3: They have to have thick skin, though.
1: I mean, I'll be uh, talking about uh, Minnesota. There, you know, did do, do they pay too much going forward? Don't people shouldn't forget they're going to start seeing some big cap recapture penalties. For the buyouts on Sutter and Parise yeah, starting next year. True. So they are really going to have to make this one count. And then any other contract to come in, you're going to see a lot of guys signing. They'll, they'll be getting the veterans for league minimum or just above league minimum uh, a lot of the next two years down the road to help you know, navigate that cap hell. I also want to see what happens with the player safety with Kyle Clifford's hit there in the first period on Tampa-Toronto game. That is definitely a suspension-worthy offense and, you know, will that alter the Leafs in the series going forward?
3: I want them to replay it because I didn't get to see it.
1: It was Sorry, very was
0: unnecessary. The, right the, numbers. Numbers. the puck yeah. wasn't even near him either, so I don't understand oh, okay. what he was doing. Yeah, as soon as I he saw that, like I was like,
1: no, he's gone. <laughs> we only hope that the player safety board gets it right this time. Hmm. In
0: the wheel and let's see. All right. We're going to head over back to the east where we have uh, Carolina versus everyone's favorite Toronto killer, Boston, as the seventh seed, uh, which would make Carolina the two seed or one, one, a whatever you want to call it. Um, Yeah. The, most That's unique uh, I think matchup in the East uh, because they've never really had a rivalry nor seen each other in the playoffs
3: um, they are meeting the third time in four seasons though
1: yeah they, they have played each other a few times
3: yeah so they the Hurricanes actually lead the regular season series against Boston 3-0 um, and the goals are quite lopsided 16-1 to now I'll touch on mm. that in a little bit there But um, meeting the third time in four seasons, Bruins eliminated the Canes in the 2019 Eastern Conference Final and in 2020 in the first round. So it doesn't seem like they have a rivalry. It just so happens like this is how it matched up. This is how it went, sort of. Um, During the three-game regular season series, though, um, Carolina kind of just, like, swamped them. Um, but that was before Hampus Lindholm came to Boston. And it was, I believe, Marshawn and Bergen were injured when they played one another as well. So I honestly compare this series to Minnesota and St. Louis, where I think it's two evenly matched teams. I think it's going to be Carolina just edging out Boston. And that's just because of Carolina's penalty kill is first is ranked first in the league right now, um, and their power play is 13th. It's not terrible, but Boston, I think, will be having some issues with Marshawn because he's, Ooh, like, he's I don't right, know, and I feel like that's a loaded sentence. Like anyone can understand that Marshawn is similar to the antics of Kadri. Whereas, like, he could do something completely off the cuff and maybe be taken out of the lineup. And I do think Marshawn is a key player still, even though him and Bergeron are aging, are part of the aging core of Boston. But with him being on the line with DeBrusk and DeBrusk finally finding his stride again, I think that'll be good. You got Hall and Huala and Pasternak on the other projected line. And I'm thinking with Carolina... The goalies are going to come as the kind of playoff difference. You have Anderson and Ranta who are the Jennings trophy winners with the fewest goals against, and they are a pretty good tandem. Now it's hopefully that Anderson stays healthy there and can continue to play with Boston. You got Allmark and Swayman, which is probably going to be a back and forth. You really don't know who's going to start. Um, It's unfortunate that – not unfortunate. It's good that Rask finally retired, I guess. Like, he finally decided to. Um, But I think it's going to be Carolina's to take. Probably in six. I'm going to call Carolina in six.
1: Now, um, Anderson got hurt late in the season. Did he actually – no, is he actually starting tonight? I don't see his name in the lineup roster. It's Ranta as a starting goal. I don't think Anderson. I think Anderson's up for Game One and Two. Yeah, similar to Taros. Uh, in that case, um, sorry, Sophie. I'm I, I've got to go Boston on this one. As much as I love Carolina, and uh, I've got to take Boston here in uh, six games. That's
3: not a bad um, prediction, though. I just think where Carolina takes it is, Sveshnikov, Aho, Trocek, Taravine, and all all the players. If they can perform like they did in the regular season, they will be fine. Boston is almost like the aged veteran coming in. Like, they've always been in the playoffs. They know how it's done. Um, they'll definitely give, like, a good battle and a good series, I think, against Carolina. But I think, honestly, adding D'Angelo, like, he's fit in well in Carolina after leaving New York. And you got Martin up. You got cut. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I had it earlier. Uh, Nita Ryder, I think it's going to be Carolina. Be, it'll be in a good series. Like I said, it's going to be evenly matched, similar to St. Louis and Minnesota.
0: Mm.
1: I, I kind of liked that also. I, I think there's one player we kind of forgot, and it's not like he's going to be a game breaker but he will make the third line better as Nicky Felino in Boston on the third line.
3: Yes, and I think he's projected to play with Lazar as well. So that'll be... Oh, sh-
1: shout out out former Ottawa senator, Curtis yeah. Lazar.
3: There you go, Justin. <laughs> Those uh, are just the projected lines.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, earlier in the season, it would have been Carolina, I think, hands down, the way they were going kind of cooled off a little bit but i'm with sophie i i think carolina just has too much too much to offer versus boston uh you know boston has some weapons clearly and they constantly find a way to be in the playoffs and be in the conversation Um, but they're they're starting to to not be in that conversation as much as they used to so uh I don't know. Uh, I think it's it's Carolina. Uh, yeah, in six or seven, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it won seven.
4: I feel like with Boston's core, they're kind of always the team that will end up in the playoffs as long as they have them. But it's how they really are going to be performing against Carolina. And I think mm-hmm. Carolina has this boat. I'm going to say Carolina in six.
1: Well, Carolina didn't, didn't now. This is quite a few years ago, but didn't they actually knock off the Bruins like 2009, 2010 when they were an upstart team? I know they faced each other quite a ways ago, and it was right around the Bruins as they were coming in into being a powerhouse. But that, that Scotty Walker scoring an overtime goal for the series winner.
3: I don't have that tidbit of information.
1: I mean, because it was quite a few years ago, and I think Patrice Bergeron is the only guy left on, on either team who played in that series.
3: Do we also think Bergeron's time is almost coming up too?
1: No, actually, health willing, I think he still got four or five years left in him. He is a model of consistency. He's he just got, he, as long as he doesn't take any big hits that, that mess up his shoulder or give him a concussion. I, I see him going until he's
2: 40-41. He plays such a good defensive style that even if his offensive production dips, he can move down the lineup to a second or a third line and still be effective with the with his defense.
3: And like if he leaves, who's gonna win the Selkie? He's just always gonna get it.
0: Do they change the name of the trophy?
3: I mean, <laughs> he's been in like in the top three for votes in the like last however many years. And they yeah. all just
1: say like it's his trophy to lose at this point. Well, pretty much it's come down to him and Anze Kopitar, pretty much half the time, the most of the last ten years. Yeah. yeah. Imagine Bergeron being a trade deadline acquisition. I mean, such thoughts was were unthinkable five, six years ago. But someone's going to pick him up, and he's going to be at their third line center, and he'll be the difference maker on, on another Stanley Cup champion some in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Watch that. That'll happen.
0: Do you see him leaving though? Like, they're, they're, know, there, there. You know, there are certain players that, that. I think just, he's one of
3: those Boston Like, he's going to be. He's going to retire
0: Bruins. Like,
1: yeah,
0: he's one a well, cup. It, he, he doesn't.
1: If the Bruins start to blow things up a little bit, I think that you know, he'll stay on. Then he'll, you know, he'll walk. He'll, he'll get traded just for some assets, win a cup somewhere, and then sign a like a one day contract and retire as a Bruin.
3: Oh, yeah. They do that. They seem to do that a lot now. I also didn't see Drew leaving the
0: Flyers, so. Do you think there are players where they go to and they're like, listen, like, we know you want to retire, blah, 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 but do you want to help us in our future and get us a first-round pick or get us assets? We'll sign you to a one-day contract when you want to retire. Like, how many of those types of conversations do you think teams have with those types of players
1: way more than we probably realize mm-hmm. uh, i mean i may anger a little bit of leaf nation here but the Leafs went to matt Dean a couple of times during those lean years between 04 and 2013 and they they wanted to trade him they, because his offensive production was not quite he wasn't the 40 goal guy that he used to be and he was he was still helpful they wanted to they, they wanted to see what he would he be traded would he be would he be okay being traded so they could you know recoup and get a bit of a rebuild going sooner. He wouldn't budge. He didn't go anywhere. He didn't want to leave Toronto. Eventually, you know, sat out half a season played for Vancouver half a year, um, which didn't pan out very well. Um, Ottawa did that with quite a few of their players, Mike Fisher, Antoine Vermette, um, you know, a a lot of the big role players they had, um, Rick Nash, a couple of times throughout his career, um, it, that's, that conversation happens more than we probably want to admit or, or even like, want to admit privately to ourselves. I guarantee that conversation happened with Montreal and Kerry Price and Brendan Gallagher. Yes.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> so is Charles the only one taking Boston? I think
1: so. I'm only taking Boston because Freddie Anderson's hurt. If Freddie Anderson was a starting goalie, I'd probably be saying Carolina, just to how good season how, how good of a year Freddie had for the Hurricanes. He did Toronto's probably picking themselves that they let him go.
3: Oh, well he had the well Anderson's flourishing flourishing there now because Absolutely. Jason's no supposed to say he got rid, he got out of the Toronto bubble. So like you see how Kadri essentially is the same too. He got out of Toronto.
4: If they don't see a pattern yet, I don't know what they're to. <laughs> or
3: if they do see it, they <laughs> won't admit it. Definitely not.
0: Well, we'll head back to the West for the 1A seed Calgary versus the thanks for coming out Dallas Stars. <laughs> That's the seventh seed.
3: The boring to watch,
2: Dallas. <laughs> um, this one's mine, and honestly, the best thing I heard about the Calgary Flames leading into this series was from a friend of mine. When Daryl Sutter got behind that bench, he's he took a look at that team. He realized what he had. He then went to the GM and said, "Get me some farm boys." <laughs> This offseason, they added guys like Chris Tanev, Eric Goodbranson, just big, strong, physical, playoff hockey-style players. Um, Not sure if any of you guys watched the Calgary-Nashville game about a week ago. All Calgary did was just run over them, pound the piss out of them. Um, Very physical team, very skilled team as well. You have a guy like Matthew Kachuk who – scores three goals in a night and will take 15 penalty minutes because he fought three guys. You've got Milan Lucic, who is not contributing as well anymore, but he's going to take your head off if you're not careful. Um, basically that whole lineup is big, strong, defensively talented. They're going to play Daryl Sutter playoff hockey. Like we saw from the LA Kings, they're going to win games two, one, one, nothing. They're not going to score a lot, but they're not going to give up a lot. Um, Dallas, I would say they're not as big. They're not as strong, but they are more skilled. Um, if they can get past the size and the strength of Calgary, I don't think they can, then they have a chance. Um, it's not going to be a sweep. Dallas will win a couple of games, I think just on the, the speed and the skill, but it's Calgary series to lose Calgary in six.
1: Well, I definitely agree with you, Kenzie, that it's Calgary's series to lose. Um, I mean, the only player on Calgary who isn't built for Daryl Sutter is Johnny Gaudreau. Kind uh, so <laughs> of little Johnny Hockey. Oh, um, But geez, like what a season he had too. Um, I think Dallas is going to actually realize it's time to move off of Jamie Benn and Tyler Seguin. They, 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 they have been worn out, injuries. Uh, I do not remember the last time either one of them played a full 82-game schedule. Uh, they usually wind up getting beat up and missing a few weeks each. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I I agree they won't sweep them, I think Dallas will take one overtime game. They'll they'll be like you know, like a use an old one, a pesky send mentality, and they'll win one game. It's a, it's Calgary in five because they will run right over the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. It's funny, though, so Dallas
3: made it to the final, what the I guess the bubble year, but that was a yeah. different year, too. Um, you got Pavelski there, though, that adds a little bit. Um, but yeah, Ben and Sagan aren't, um, their names aren't brought up in the conversation as relevant players anymore,
2: and they're not as physical either. They are big and strong, but they're not physical because of the injuries.
3: They're not the same,
0: they're not the same.
1: They've lost, the, I see that they, I think, they've lost a step.
0: I'm just here for the Ooh, Sutter is anyone,
3: watching the, sorry, is anyone watching the <laughs> game right now? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> but uh, like Justin said, Daryl I think Daryl Sutter's post game is going to be appointment viewing hockey as well. Uh, his, his post game stuff is going to be great. Daryl doesn't it?
0: want to go back to the farm until planting season's over, so
3: like i just love his nonchalant like attitude and just like very like matter of fact and like real like takes on things like he doesn't sugarcoat anything
1: Keep, keep in mind when he was rehired he said he had unfinished business he is specifically referencing the fact that he didn't win the cup with calgary when he should have Mm-hmm. he's going to push every button he can out of those guys he'll get scraps of energy and, and just tenacity out of players that didn't realize they had an, a, a second extra gear to go to he is going to push them as hard as he can for Stanley Cup
3: I think Calgary did really well this year and their players like with adding to Foley, and bringing in Janmark and just having Manchi there, Lindholm it's gonna be. It's gonna be good.
1: Yeah.
4: Just adding those little key pieces of such a huge difference compared to last year.
1: I think that I think kelly Yarkroc and uh, Tyler Toffoli were at the time sneaky additions to make that team even deeper than it already was.
3: Yeah, because Toffoli happened early, way yeah. before the trade trade deadline, and just. Um, and he scored right away and he just found his he found his fit in the team right away like not every once someone gets traded they're not going to find their fit right away and he seemed to fit in perfectly with Calgary and finding his spot so
1: yeah it's i i really pity the winner of the Edmonton LA series
0: i don't Just don't. (laughs) All right, we're gonna head over back to the east for the last matchup. Uh the one the most intriguing one uh because it's going to be, I think, a battle and a half. Uh very excited for this series, which I was when it became official, I was kind of surprised how excited I was that this was happening. Not that I'm invested in either team. I just think it's going to be a very good series. We have New York, the upstart New York Rangers versus the veteran presence Pittsburgh Penguins.
4: Well, that is me. And I mean, you got the young guns, the up and comers, Rangers going head-to-head with the older veteran Penguins. I mean, when I saw this, like Justin said, I was very kind of intrigued. Um, you never know with how Pittsburgh's going to play. The last few years in the playoffs, they've kind of been there and really not shown up. Um, unfortunately, with this season, you got to really look at how well Sid the Kid, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Latane do. We do people think this is going to be their last kind of hurrah? They're getting very up there in age. In the last few years in the playoffs, they've you've really kind of seen the downfall in them. Not saying they're not great players, because they absolutely are, and they've shown it with the cups and the wins and everything, but I I don't know. I think the Rangers might have it this year. I mean, you got their goaltender, Igor Derkin I definitely said that wrong. I apologize.
3: I was really going um,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... He's going to receive the Vesna at some point in the next two months. You've got he's first in goals against average and save percentage. And on top of that, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins are sitting with Chris, Christian Jari out and their mm. backup, Casey DeSmith, who's only won 11 games. I mean, yeah, it's been very impressive that he's thrown been thrown in there and kind of showed up for them. But going down the lawn hall, facing such a very fast and rapid, youthful, talented team right now, which are the Rangers, how do you slow them down with a backup goalie right now? Even Jari last season, I mean, people saw how he was in the bubble. Yeah. They're not a big fan of Jari, unfortunately, once kind of Flurry left and there was kind of that little bit of lacking that the Pittsburgh goaltenders usually – that fans are usually used to seeing in Pittsburgh. Um, so it'll be a very interesting series. I, for one, am taking New York Rangers, I'd say in game six. It's not going to be a breeze, I think, because of how experienced the Pittsburgh Penguins are. But I think when it comes down to that nitty gritty, that depth, the unfortunately, the veteran players are going to slowly start to wear and tear as people have seen over the years.
1: Hmm. Well, definitely, you know, Sid, I'm not sure can we call him the kid anymore? He is, you know he's uh getting up there. He's gonna be what, 35, 36 this year and then in, in the summer. So you know he and he's he's been playing now seventeen years. Um, and outside of his first year, this is they, they made the playoffs every year except for his rookie year. Um, Malkin and Letang are going to be UFAs at the end of the year, so it is and a good question, Cole. Is this the last kick that this sort of trio has? They were all drafted and brought up by the Penguins, and they became the foundation that they built three Stanley Cups on. Um, definitely without Tristan Jari, I don't see this being a series the Penguins can win. Casey the Smith just doesn't inspire the confidence in me that he can go and beat a team like the Rangers, who are very deep. And I think we actually have to almost owe the Rangers an apology because during the uh, trade deadline show, we talked about how the I asked a question, and then I think Sophie, you were very adamant that the Rangers uh, acquisitions weren't going to improve them enough. And
3: yeah, the I Rangers really. I definitely The
1: Rangers was. really got good. Like the Rangers really have played great hockey the last couple of months. So I think we all owe the Rangers an apology for uh, how we underestimated them. Um, hard to count Sid and Malkin out. Just their creativity and how they've been. You know, they've been there. They've done that. They've won pretty much everything that they possibly can, including multiple Stanley Cups. But I gotta say, Rangers and this one. While it won't – no game is going to be a breeze. Overall, they're just too deep. Their goaltending is better. Letang may be a stud for them on the blue line, but he's getting old, and Adam Fox is way younger and just as much of a stud as Letang. I've got Rangers in five.
4: Yeah, It's hard to want to say that core is going to, like, not be able to hang in there, but unfortunately – with how quick they are, I mean, you got Panarin, Kreider, zabinajad like,
1: it's so,
4: so fast, no. Laugh in the air, you, yeah, you name Caco, it, Caco. Unfortunately, they got them. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, I don't think they can hang around with them.
3: No, it's going to be, like, it is Pittsburgh's core kind of last kick at the can, and they'll still score, I think, like, Pittsburgh will definitely still score. It's whether or not um, the goaltending on New York stays rock solid essentially. Um, and we'll see. I don't know if Jari is projected to be back or when he is, but it's, it's
4: starting the first game.
3: Yes. Yeah, I don't
1: know. Well, even if Jari makes it back for game one, there's no way he's playing even close to 100%. No. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I know. I saw it too. Two like to <laughs> the advantage for the Leafs. Yep. Both goals on the power play tonight.
3: It's all right. Hawk picked with David over Matthews. So I had to go with my dog.
1: <laughs> I,
0: uh, I'm going to pull a surprise. I'm going to pit Pittsburgh for Ooh. one last Whoa. kick in the can.
3: <laughs>
0: I think something's going to happen to New York where they're just, uh, I don't know, but, uh,
1: I was going to say, what's your reasoning behind that one? Because that's a ballsy move. Uh,
0: I think something is going to wake up Pittsburgh. And like you said, one last kick at the can, uh, because I don't think they'll be um, back. If they do, they'll be like a wild card next year. Uh, So just reminiscing sake – I think Pittsburgh's going to go hard for one more and we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, if New York wins, I'm not going to be shocked, but I think uh, one more kick at the can, because I think if New York wins, I think it's going to be an easy road to the Eastern conference final for Carolina. And you know, I don't want that easy of a road to, the conference final for any team so
3: no it has to be interesting man
0: especially when it's when it's your team you want it the easiest road possible but
2: and i'm rangers in six pittsburgh will get a couple um just off the experience and the fact that they've got some home games but the rangers are just younger faster more talented overall
3: I think I'm actually with Justin. When I did my bracket, I picked Justin. Um, I think it's going to be in six or seven, though. Like, it's not going to be a lower number. I think it's going to go to six or seven. Um, so we'll see, you, Justin. Wow!
0: I
4: heard it here, folks.
0: <laughs> and we head out west for the final matchup. The last Canadian team, we have Edmonton versus L.A., uh, who will get started uh, in just over an hour uh, from as we speak. You'll be hearing this. Uh, the game will probably be at least halfway over by the time this comes out. So doesn't matter when it starts. Um, but, uh, yeah, Edmonton, L.A., it's uh City of Champions versus uh, City of Past Champions. Both past champions.
3: <laughs> That's hilarious. Um this one was actually a really fun um, matchup to dissect. I found this one really interesting, possibly because I'm deep, deep down an Oilers fan because we were brought up as Oilers fans. Um so the Oilers lead the regular season series matchup against LA three to one, and this is actually their eighth time meeting in the postseason, uh, but the first time since ninety one ninety two, so it's been a while. I think with McDavid leading the league in points, I know it's almost cliche to say that he will do well. Um, he didn't do that well last year in the playoffs. They held him to very low numbers uh, when. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg swept Edmonton. So I think with the addition of, as much as I hate to say it, Yvander Kane coming in late in January, he honestly did add a lot. So he's going to add a little bit more to the team. Um, Yamamoto also, he has beat his previous career highs in goals and points. Um, they did lose Nurse though. He has a lower body injury. Um, I don't know the significance or how, much he's out so we all know it's been an up and down year for Edmonton they started red hot did really well um hit a really bad slump in December January didn't really know if they were going to turn it around after the all-star break um but it seems that after they did the coaching change with firing Dave Tippett on February 11th um under Woodcroft in 36 games they were 24 9 and 3 and having the third best power play So we're not surprised to see him in here. Their penalty kill though is ranked 17th in the NHL. So we'll see. And I think the Oilers will perform well in a series with the LA Kings. Um, But goaltending is the Oilers wild card. Um, The health of Mike Smith is going to be where it's at. He has been playing better since April 12th. He was five and oh, but his stats, Mike Smith with, the Oilers in the past two seasons in the playoffs has struggled and has not done well. So we'll see what that brings. Um, Oilers have the home ice advantage. Um, again, they're almost similar to, to Toronto. Um, getting past the first round is kind of what we're watching for here. And I think if they don't, not so much McDavid, but Dreisaitl and the future with the team might be a little bit up in the air. It's, it might be hard to say. Um, Now, the Kings, on the other hand, are returning to the playoffs for the first time since 2018, um, but with a very much different looking team, except for Kopitar and Quick. Um, They added Philippe Deneau there from Montreal, and him and Kopitar are two of the best defensive centers. Quick has kind of turned around his game. Um, I know there when they won in 2012 and 2014, Quick was probably the number one goalie. Um, he kind of petered off a little bit, but he seems to find, he found his game again. Now, the Kings Power Play is ranked at the, at 27, and their penalty kill is ranked at 22. So we'll see how that goes. Um, they also don't have Dowdy playing D. So that'll be, I think that'll be an impact. And they are also the ninth penalized team. So we'll see if they can hold off and just... Keep it even, five-on-five, five, playing. Um, they got Arvidsson and Kempe, which I think are really great additions. Um, and it'll be interesting because it's Justin Brown's last – because he's going to retire at the end of the season. It'll be his kind of, like, last swan song. And weirder things have happened. We remember when L.A. was the 8th seed going in the 2012 playoffs, and, he, and they won. They won the whole thing. So weirder things have happened, but I'm going to say Edmonton's is-
1: Well, if Drew Doughty had was healthy heading into this one, I would have given LA a chance to upset Edmonton because their defense was how they got there pretty much for most of the season. Drew Doughty early on was just an absolute beast. Both he and Johnny Quick. Looked like they turned back father time ten years. Yeah, but no, no, no Drew Doughty. Yes, they have. You know, Anze uh, Kopitar and Philip Filipino are two of the best defensive centers. Trust me. All of us here who are Montreal fans, Kenzie, I know you know to know very well what he can do. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> we, we saw we saw him shut down elite sentiment all last year yep. in the playoffs. Um, so you know that those guys, their their prime focus is going to be Drysyle and McDavid. Uh but Zach Hyman, Keiynan Amato, and much like Sophie said, Vander Kane. <laughs> uh, they have, and even Ryan Dudek Hopkins, who's really found his, found a niche for himself. He's really carved out a good place for himself. That, that lineup is probably the longest it's been in a long, long, long time. So that's probably, since probably that's probably the 2006 run to the finals for them. So, I love. I would trust me. I would love to see Evan go going a long run. Um, I've got them to beat the Kings in six. Sadly, they're going to run into the Flames second round, and that is well going to be a very entertaining hockey.
3: I don't,
1: like, the... I, 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 I don't like the chances just because and you know Sophie touched on it very quickly there very early on Mike Smith I don't think he has what it takes to go on a long run at, at his age he's 40 so
3: <laughs> and with his struggle like his this year yeah. was like, he struggled there was no part where he didn't struggle it was always and back he was, forth,
2: he was yeah. injured
3: and so we know he can play well like that's not A question like we know that Mike Smith can play well now with their backup I mean he has been relied on quite a bit through the season but I also think um, I forgot to mention that just like we're comparing since Dowdy's gone for LA and their defense will be down a little bit Edmonton doesn't have the best defense I think when they brought in Duncan Keith they were hoping that was going to help bolster a little bit but I don't think it's all the results that they wanted um, and again, with Nurse being out, I think he's one of the better
1: players.
0: Uh, nurse is coming back.
3: Oh, is he? Okay.
1: Yeah. Technically listed as a game-time decision for game one, so uh, who knows?
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, he'll be in the series, so yeah. he'll, he'll get... If he
3: can play to his caliber that we know he can, he's had really good years the past couple seasons, so, like, we'll see.
0: I'm telling you, man the 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 energy in this city is immense there's there's a hope and a kind of a feeling that i guess this year will be different but like they've they've finally cracked it um they should beat la and like you were saying without dowdy i don't think they have a chance and it's all about that set up to the battle of Alberta. You don't know how bad hockey fans in general want that to happen. A second round battle of Alberta so that the winner, there'll be a Canadian team in the Western conference final. I think it should be every hockey fans end goal for this playoffs. And if that doesn't happen, I think that's a failure for the NHL. Um, the, the amount, I think that's what gets me excited the most is just the, the opportunity to have a battle of Alberta or a battle of Ontario to happen in the playoffs. Cause we all grew up with that and you know, how exciting that is, or, uh, you know, Toronto, Montreal, what that did for everyone last year. And that was kind of a unique situation And it hadn't happened in a long, long time, and even though it was unique, um, it excited everyone. Because you know how people were like, "Oh, like I'm so sick of this Canadian division." Which I don't, I never understood that. I thought it was a cool thing, and it was never going to be.
3: They could do in the circumstance. Like it was never going to be be forever,
0: and people thought, "Oh, they're going to talk that it's going to make it forever." No, they're. And the end result we got was. Montreal Toronto in the playoffs I mean that that was everyone's dream and it happened and one of those teams went to the Stanley Cup final so I mean
3: yeah like last year when the Habs went to the final I don't think it matters if you're a Leafs fan if you're a Habs fan doesn't matter what Canadian team even if you're a different rooting for a different team if you're Canadian and a Canadian team makes it you will be cheering the whole nation will be cheering
0: yeah, so to have a Canadian uh, team...
1: Sorry, anyone right. about Toronto?
3: Still? Yeah. Even if Toronto is the only Canadian team?
0: Yeah, no, I no, yeah, never try.
1: I can't myself to <laughs> cheer for the Maple Leafs under any circumstances. It <laughs> may be yeah. different if they're on the Rock because there's a lot of Leaf fans out there because they used to have the Farm team there for a long time. Uh, so I yeah, get they
3: it. Did. I actually met the backup goalie. <laughs> but but um, I, I'm um,
1: sorry. If it was like Colorado, Toronto in the finals, I am so I am cheering for the Avalanche. I don't care.
3: <laughs> oh well, I'm cheering for the Avalanche. This whole like, I had to jump on a bandwagon. I changed my picture to well, okay, well, there's a story behind that. I usually change it to Jonathan Taves when the Blackhawks make the playoffs. Whenever they get out, I change it back. Blackhawks obviously didn't make it. Last couple of years, I haven't been able to change it. My picture is now Taves. Let's go Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you to have a right?
3: Yeah. So, um, I, we really like Colorado in this household. Um, I would be, I feel like I would be more happy if Toronto won for my father-in-law, who has like very, he just loves them so much and will never, never change his mind. And to see him so, ha- like, he's a guy that doesn't show no emotion. And if the Leafs won, I think he would cry. He didn't cry at our wedding. But I
0: think he would cry. <laughs> I feel like that's people. Our generation, we all know uh, a Toronto fan that like they've been waiting. F- you know, some of them have were alive or you know very young the last time they won the cup. So they've they've been through a lot, and you're kind of like, oh, like I would be happy for them, not for the team. No, yeah. for for them because they've wanted this. But that's the only. <laughs> reason we would be happy with that outcome and yeah so let's get into it so we've uh kind of made our choices for the series who do we think uh, i guess final four who will be in each conference final who do we think will be in the stanley cup uh what uh will there be storylines will this be colorado's year or are they going to turn into the new san jose sharks Oh, what that'd be so uh, bad. What, uh, what do we think we're going to see <laughs> in these playoffs?
1: Well, as always, the first two weeks of the playoffs are always the best in my mind because you've got three to four games a night and you are channel flipping. Your 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 heart rate goes. It doesn't matter, you know, like my habs aren't in it, but I'm watching. I've had the Leaf game on the background here and my heart's been going the whole time watching. <laughs> so it's the best hockey you're going to get all year long. Uh, it's what we wait 1,300 games for. Um, conference finals, I'm looking, actually, uh, Rangers and Lightning in the East and Avalanche Flames in the West, okay. and I am going to make it here saying we will have a 2004 Stanley Cup final rematch, 18 years in the making, Calgary to Tampa Bay.
3: Ooh. I'm, well, based on my bracket, and I had to submit it yesterday, so I'm, I don't know if I'm back and forth with it because Colorado and Florida were the top two in points, but I'm thinking is Colorado and Florida in the final. Um 96 rematch. And I'm hoping that it's Colorado who ultimately hoists the cup.
2: For me, I've got, in the West, I've got Calgary, Colorado. I just see them as the two best teams. Um, not really going to struggle too, too much with their opponents. Um, in the East, I have Tampa Bay and Carolina. Um, again, same reason. I think they're, they're just going to get there. They're the better teams. They're in their bracket positioning right now. Um, my Stanley Cup final... Is Colorado Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay makes it back because I mean mm. Corey Perry makes the final every year and Pat Maroon is <laughs> every year. So they're making it back. I'm just so, putting my eggs in that basket. So um, Corey
3: is the new Pat Maroon.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I have Colorado <laughs> as my western finalist, I suppose. Um, and Colorado actually finishes it, takes a cup home this year. Sorry, Tampa, no three P.
4: Yeah, for me, I definitely say Colorado Calgary in the Western final. Um East is very hard. I definitely I think Rangers could go at least to the final. Uh part of me wants to say Florida. Uh I don't know I don't think Tampa has enough depth to make a three-peat this year. But for, I'd say final Colorado, I'm gonna say Colorado versus the Rangers and Colorado's taking it.
0: As much as I want the Eastern Conference final to be Florida, Tampa Bay, which in in this system cannot happen, um I think it's going to be Florida, Carolina. And on the west side, it's going to be Colorado Edmonton.
1: Ooh. 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 And
0: We are going to see a rematch of 2006 with Carolina Edmonton in the final. Oh, That's oh,
1: a baby. bold prediction. Yeah, That's, you know, I'm saying, saying. would have won that if never gets hurt. I'm saying that right now. If Dwayne Rollinson never gets hurt. Edmonton would have won that Stanley Cup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think, I think whoever wins the battle of Alberta can take that momentum because, like you said, there there's no real other rivalry like it. And you win that, you're going to be so pumped up. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to all assume that Colorado is going to be the other big contender. I think that momentum can hurdle you over the Colorado because that's what it's going to take to defeat Colorado this year is something extra and that oomph can be that extra little bit. Um, you know, the East is more wide open. I think uh, if, if Florida does actually have another run in it, uh, I wouldn't be surprised that they've been consistent all year. I just don't think their, you know, end issues are going to, you know, sustain them to, to win 12 games and, you know, pretend, you know, play more than 16 to 20. Um, And, you know, Carolina had that oomph at the start. They wavered a little bit. If they can find it again, they certainly have enough to go and get to the final. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to be bold. Uh, But, uh, I mean, a lot of us think that it's a good chance that a Canadian team will be in the final. So that's... uh, Just not Toronto. Just not Toronto.
3: <laughs> so basically Edmonton or Calgary. Yeah. We don't care which one.
0: The It lies in the West for Canada. Whether you agree, agree with, with you us
1: Justin or not. That, I agree with you, Justin, that, you know, whoever comes out of that most likely battle, second round battle of Alberta matchup is going to have a ton of adrenaline going through their veins and could be, knock out the Avalanche. Um, I just don't see Edmonton having the ability to do it in a seven-game series with the goaltending questions they've got and a lack of sandpaper on that roster. So if, if Edmonton does get by Calgary somehow, I would love to see them uh, get by Colorado. I just don't see them doing it. By the way, it's now 4 nothing Toronto. What's happening? <laughs> Uh, the Leafs are actually playing good hockey. they their whole Tampa's had one good push all game long. Uh, Leafs are actually doing. I have to say, I hate to say it, they're actually playing great hockey.
3: I think my friends are but at that game too.
1: It's only it's only game one, folks. So you know, doesn't make it a series. I will the only say, time I'll say the San Sharks and the Ottawa Senators win, say that they won game one, and they wound up blowing the series. So there you go. We'll
3: I think I'm just surprised at Vasilevsky right now. That's all.
1: Uh, well, the fourth goal, he was deep out of position. Didn't have a chance Not on Marner. it. Yeah, it was Mitch Marner. So, remember, everyone who, who listened to the whole podcast and I said, the Leafs will go as far as Marner and Matthew them. <laughs> Each one has a goal tonight. Surprise. Go.
0: Um, now, one interesting thing to close it out was I found uh, an article. What if the NHL did what uh, the NBA does and have their play-in playoffs – uh, which is a huge gimmick. Uh, so mm. on the Eastern conference side, if you're we to have playing games, so the top six teams automatically make it. And then you got a, the seven, eight, nine, and 10 got to win your way in essentially. Mm. So it'd be Pittsburgh versus Washington. And the winner would get the seven seed. Uh, the loser of that would play the winner of nine versus 10, which would be the Islanders versus the blue jackets. Um, Would we have the same two teams uh, in the playoffs, or do we think the Islanders or Columbus could pose an upset? It is a one-game win in URAN, essentially.
3: It depends on what type of Islanders show up.
1: Oh, this was last year. I'd say, yeah, we have something very different. This year, no, not a chance. We have have the same team's point. Yeah.
0: And on the West side... Uh, we would have Nashville versus Dallas at seven and eight winner would automatically get in loser would play the winner of Vegas versus Vancouver. Ooh,
3: that would
1: have been,
2: yeah, that would have been interesting because they that were so close to finish the year.
3: Yeah. Like everyone wanted Vegas to lose. Like,
2: yeah. And uh, even Vancouver had 92 points and I think Nashville had 95. So, and
3: I honestly think Vancouver is playing well this year. Um,
4: for ever some ever since
1: the coaching games they played great hockey. Absolutely, I was going to just say that.
4: Just missed out.
1: Yeah. I, I would definitely have said that if the NHL tried to give a gimmick tournament like that. I don't think we'd have the same national Dallas, you know, playing. Um, I would say Vancouver would have made it in.
3: And I would have loved Vancouver in the playoffs. Like I just, I remember, I remember watching them boston they changed mm. every boston pizza in bc mm. to <laughs> vancouver pizza um we were there <laughs> for that game we saw all the riots happen after um i met some people at university that following fall who was like essentially caught during that riot and i feel like no one's ever going to forget that that happened The last time the connection really had a significant run
0: Now, what that would do is it would change it essentially back to the old 1v8 playoff style. So it would be Florida versus the 8th seed, uh, so the winner of the second game. Uh, Carolina would play the the winner of the 7v8. Toronto would have a date with Boston. And Tampa would (laughs) play the Rangers. I'm kind of liking those last be- two matchups a little more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any Toronto Boston matchup would have Leaf fans and nightmares. Definitely.
0: On the West side, it would be Colorado versus the eight seed. Uh, so I guess in this case, Vancouver potentially. Minnesota would play uh, seven, Calgary would play LA, and uh, St. Louis would play Edmonton. Those
3: would be harder matchups, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little. A lot harder. Very. Uh, I think very... LA can handle Calgary. Maybe if True he was healthy, they, they might be able to be actually uh, give Calgary a hell to run for their money.
3: I think mm-hmm. so too, because they I find their playing style similar, like the team wise, like.
1: Mm. And don't forget, uh, there is one guy on LA, you know, he was a big star for Canada for a couple of years internationally. Uh, he hasn't really made a big impact on the NHL just yet, but he is six foot four and plays Daryl Sutter style hockey. It's Quentin Byfield in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he would be prime for a good break, a, a good series against the Flames. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we'd be remiss not to mention uh, the newest eBug in our hearts, Tom Hodgins, uh, who uh, has really no sight in one of his eyes. Uh, got the chance to play uh, in an emergency situation. You know, we love a good eBug uh, whenever it happens, doesn't matter. Win-lose, uh, they are automatically winners when they get in. He made uh, two saves uh, in what essentially was a kind of a, a dull, other than the other uh, interesting thing happening that night, which was uh, laugh's last game. Uh, it made for a even more interesting, essentially last day of the season. We're not going to count the, the random Winnipeg game. That didn't matter. That yeah, it didn't happen. I won a hockey pool off of that game.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, that did matter, did matter for kennedy Then it did matter.
2: I loaded um, my roster with Winnipeg and Seattle players. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, like, all the top guys. So then my opponent was left with, like, the third and fourth liners.
3: So. Oh, nice. <laughs>
2: and that just, It just put me over the top by, like, ten points. So... <laughs>
0: Well, you know, it matters for contracts and it matters for hockey pools. It matters. That's Those why they matter. play every game. And uh, with that, that's going to do it for this episode of the Sports Night podcast, our NHL playoff preview. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, visit us on our social media pages. Uh, let's try and get more likes. We're getting high on the downloads, which is amazing. Let's share the podcast. And uh, enjoy this NHL playoff season. Uh, Go whoever you're cheering for. Uh, Just remember that it's all going to be good hockey regardless. Uh, Go enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. uh, Be well. Enjoy the warm weather. And sport on.